This morning we move on to the sixth chapter of Mark, where Jesus is rejected in his hometown of Nazareth, and also where Jesus sends out his disciples to multiply his ministry. These stories are found, Mark 6, verses 1 through 13. Let me read it for you. It says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they ask? What's this wisdom that, has, that he's been given? That, that he even does miracles. Isn't he the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house as a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. And then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No, no bread, no bag, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Let's bow for prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so very much for your word, and we thank you for your son, and we pray that you will open our hearts to hear the message that your son has for us today. God, I pray that we will receive your word into our lives, but God, even more than that, I pray that we will live out your word in the lives that we live. And so speak to us now. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. The book of Mark shows us how Jesus trained his disciples. He trained them in the same way that a master tradesman trains an an apprentice. The tradesman shows the apprentice how to do a task while the apprentice watches. And then at some point, the apprentice does the task while the tradesman watches. We are at that point in Jesus' ministry. He has been showing his disciples how to do ministry while they have watched. And now it is time for the disciples to do ministry while he watches. Jesus knows what a tradesman knows. That eventually his disciples, his apprentices, will have to do this task by themselves. He won't always be there to help them and guide them. And in today's scripture, Jesus has a hard lesson that he wants to teach his disciples. A hard lesson on rejection. And here's the lesson that Jesus wants to teach them about rejection. And that is the best way to handle rejection is by pressing on in God's mission 
for your life. Let me say that again. The best way to handle rejection is by pressing on in God's mission for your life. Jesus first will show them and us how to handle rejection in his life. And then he will show us what he expects from them and us as we handle rejection in our lives. Let's watch as Jesus is rejected by the people there in his hometown. Mark 6, 1 through 3, again it says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? That, that he even does miracles. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. I'm sure by that time, by the time Jesus returned to Nazareth, that the people in the town had heard stories. Stories about him teaching with authority. Stories about him healing people and casting out demons. Stories about huge crowds that were following him. You would have expected Jesus' hometown to welcome him with open arms. But that's not what happens when he his disciples come to town. However, there are many people in the synagogue that morning on the Sabbath to hear Jesus teach. And the people are amazed with his teaching and wisdom. But then they begin to ask questions. Where did he get all this wisdom and, and the power to perform such miracles? Isn't he just the carpenter? I mean, Jesus has spent almost three decades in, in, in Nazareth. And most of that time, as an adult, he was working like a carpenter. Plus, he had never received any formal training required by rabbis. And then they ask, and isn't he Mary's son? I mean, this is probably intended to be a slur. There was always gossip about him and the legitimacy of his birth. And then they ask, and doesn't he have brothers and sisters? I mean, they're all just ordinary people. They've all grown up right here among us. And that's how they saw Jesus, as an ordinary guy. And so they were deeply defended by the suggestion that he was anything more than the hometown boy who they had always known. Notice how Jesus reacts, Mark 6, verse number 4. Jesus says to them, only in, the, only in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own house, is a prophet without honor. Jesus is expressing a proverb that we probably have all heard. Familiarity breeds contempt. We may, he may have been a good man. Jesus may have been a good carpenter. But his town folks were unwilling to think of him as God's prophet. In their minds, he was someone just like them. Mark 6, 5 and 6. He could do, he could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. 
and he was amazed at their lack of faith, then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Remember last week that Jesus healed the woman with a bleeding problem, and he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead according to their faith. But he couldn't do very many miracles there in Nazareth because of their lack of faith. As a matter of fact, he was amazed at little, how little faith he found there in Nazareth. Basically, his hometown had rejected him. But Jesus doesn't let that rejection stop him or his ministry. He leaves Nazareth and goes to other villages to teach in hopes that the people in those villages will receive him and his message. Jesus has lived out the very lesson that he wants his disciples to learn right before their eyes that the best way to handle rejection is by pressing on in God's mission for your life. I mean, that's what Jesus did when he faced rejection. He pressed on in God's mission for his life. Now he wants his disciples to do the same when they face rejection, to press on in God's mission for their life. And as Jesus' disciples today, he wants you and me to press on in God's mission when we face rejection in our lives. That is really the emphasis in the rest of this morning's scripture. Pressing on in God's mission. And Jesus teaches four essential principles to pressing on in Jesus' mission. We're going to have to consider these quickly. The first principle. We must realize that Jesus has sent us on a mission. Jesus sent his disciples on a mission. Mark 6, 7, calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. See, now is the time for the disciples to put into practice what they have learned from Jesus. Time for them to live out the lessons that he has been teaching them. These disciples are to do the same things that he's been doing. Preaching the word, healing the sick, and freeing people from demon possession. They are to go out in groups of two for mutual support, encouragement, and accountability. And they are to go out with the power that Jesus gave them to cast out evil spirits. I mean, they are literally going out as Jesus' representatives throughout the villages of Israel. And as his disciples of Jesus today, as his disciples today, we are sent out as his representative to all nations. I mean, Jesus gave us our mission in the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we read this often. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Our mission is a little different than that of these 12 disciples. 
Our mission is to go out with Jesus' authority and presence to make other disciples from all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. This, this is Jesus' mission for every one of his disciples, for every Christian. It's not just for preachers or for church leaders. People, it will take all of us working together as a team to get this task done. Christians, this is not an option that Jesus offers us here. It is a command that Jesus expects every believer to obey, to go, whether it is across the street or around the world, and make disciples. This is really what our church's mission statement is all about. Being a connecting place. Being disciples of Jesus who lovingly connect others with him. That is our mission. We must realize that Jesus has sent us on that mission. That is Jesus' first principle. The the second principle. We must depend upon God and his working in and through our lives. Just listen to Jesus' instruction to his disciples. Mark 6, verses 8 and 9. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except the staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Could you imagine taking off on a mission trip like that? With no food to eat, no no bag to carry, no money to spend, and no extra tunic to use as a blanket. I remember when I went on my first mission trip to Haiti. At that time, you were permitted to take two 70-pound bags. I took me, with me one pound, well, excuse me, one 70-pound tub filled with supplies for the mission. But I also took along about a 70-pound bag filled with supplies for me. These disciples had none of that. They were to go on their mission trip with basically nothing. They were totally dependent upon God to provide. And whether we realize it or not, we also are totally dependent. We are totally dependent upon God to provide when we press on in fulfilling his mission. Jesus didn't want his 12 disciples to be self-sufficient in any way on this spiritual journey. And he doesn't want us to be self-sufficient in any way on our spiritual journey. We, like the disciples, must depend totally upon God and his spirit, his Holy Spirit, to work in and through us. Listen to some of Jesus' final words to his disciples. In Acts 1.8, this is before he ascended into heaven, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus has an important task for us to do. And that is to be witnesses to the world. But we must do that work in the power of the Holy Spirit. Many times when it comes to witnessing for Jesus, we think it's all about us. It's all about what we do and all about what we say. And yet the truth is, it is all about God's Holy Spirit, and it is all about that Spirit working in and through our lives. 
I mean, we don't even have to worry about what we're going to say. I mean, Jesus gave us this promise, Matthew 10, verses 19 and 20. But, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At, at that time, you will be given what to say, for it will, be not, it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we make no preparation to present the gospel message. I mean, we need to study the Word if we're going to share the Word. But when the time actually comes to give a testimony, we need to depend upon God's Spirit to give us the right words to say. We need to depend upon God to work. I mean, Jesus' second principle is so important. We must depend upon God and His working in and through our lives. The, The third principle We must focus on those who are open to our message. Notice what Jesus says next in Mark 6, 10 and 11. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. It was customary back in Jesus' day, especially among the Jews, to open your home and provide food for people who were traveling. And so according to Jesus, his disciples were to stay in the first home that welcomed them in a village. And as long as the people in that town would listen to their message, they were to keep preaching. But if they wouldn't listen to them or welcome them, they were to shake the dust off their feet and move on and try to find others who were open to Jesus' message. It's my understanding that the Jewish people back in that day would often leave a, a Gentile city. And when they left that city, they would shake the dust off their feet, not wanting to take any of the pagan Gentile practices home with them. When the disciples did this, it implies that these people were unbelieving, having rejected Jesus and his message. We find the Apostle Paul doing this very thing when the Jews in Antioch rejected them and their message and the message of Jesus. Look at Acts 13, 50-52. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city. And they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. And so they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection. These Jews had rejected the saving message of Jesus. And so what does Paul and Barnabas do? They joyfully move on to the next town of Iconium. This illustrates the very lesson that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. The lesson that the best way to handle rejection is by pressing on in God's mission for your life. Paul and Barnabas just kept pressing on to preach in Iconium. They were looking for good soil that they could sow the word of God. And let's face it, the number one reason that Christians give for not sharing the good news about Jesus 
is that they fear rejection. But we must remember that that if people reject our witness, they are not rejecting us. They are rejecting Jesus. And we must also remember that even Jesus experienced rejection. And he did everything right. But he just kept looking for good soil upon which to sow the seeds of his word. And that's really Jesus' third principle. We must focus on those who are open to our message, looking for good soil upon which we can sow the, the, the seeds of God's word. The, the fourth principle, we must fulfill the mission that Jesus has for us to do. Mark six twelve and 13, talking about the disciples now. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Jesus sent his disciples on a mission, and they went out on that mission. Like a tradesman, Jesus shows them and told them what to do. And like apprentices, they're doing what Jesus showed them and told them to do. I mean, in essence, these disciples were multiplying Jesus' ministry in the many towns and villages throughout Israel. Jesus was preaching a message of repentance, and they were preaching a message of repentance. He was driving out demons, and they were driving out demons. He was healing the sick, and they were healing the sick. These twelve were fulfilling the mission that Jesus had for them to do. And at some point, they returned to Jesus and gave him a report of their trip. Mark Mark 6, verse number 30, down in the chapter, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to them all that they had done and taught. I'm sure the disciples shared that day with Jesus about times that they and their message were welcomed by the people. But they probably also shared times that they and their message were rejected. Times when they were able to do miracles because of people's faith and times when they were unable to do miracles because of their lack of faith. Times when they did everything right and times when they messed things up. I'm sure that there was both positives and negatives in the disciples' report. But again, just note that they were striving to fulfill the mission that Jesus had for them to do. And we as his disciples need to be fulfilling the mission that Jesus has for us to do. All people, all people need to know about Jesus and how they can find forgiveness in him. And one day, each of us as Christians will give a report to Jesus on what we have done with Jesus' mission. Romans 14, 12 says, So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. What kind of report are you and I going to give? Will we begin to make excuses for why we failed in fulfilling Jesus' ministry and his mission? Lord, you know how busy I was with other things. Lord, Lord, you know, I'm not very good with words. I, I didn't know what to say. I, I didn't want them to mock me or reject me or made fun of me. Can I tell you something? The person of Jesus 
and the message of Jesus and the mission of Jesus are too important for excuses. We ought to be excited. People, we ought to be excited about sharing Jesus and his salvation. For salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Plus, remember, the lesson that Jesus wanted us to learn along with the 12 disciples. The best way, the best way to handle rejection is by pressing on in God's mission for your life. We simply must fulfill the mission that Jesus has for us to do. That's Jesus' fourth principle. That, that brings us to our practical application. What, what are we going to do about this morning's message? Again, we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We just don't want to take it into our hearts and our minds. We want it to live out, live it out in our lives. And so let me give you four action steps this morning. Number one, realize that Jesus has a mission for you as his disciple of making other disciples. That's what he told us to do. Go and make disciples of all nations, of all different people groups. Now, number two, with the help of God, his spirit, and his people, strive to fulfill Jesus' mission for your life. People, we're in this together, and we have a mission to fulfill. We have it as individuals and collectively as the church, and we need God's help. We need the Spirit's help, and we need each other's help. And number three, don't let busyness, fear, rejection, or anything else keep you from fulfilling Jesus' mission. Again, the number one reason that we don't share the gospel is the fear of rejection. It didn't stop Jesus. It didn't stop the disciples. And it should not stop us. And then last of all, let's pray. Let's pray for and look for opportunities this week to share Jesus and his message with others. Pray, look for opportunities. Let's pray right now. Dear, dear Father, again, I pray that you will help us to stay on mission. Help us to press on in the mission that you have given us as Christians to share the saving message of your son Jesus with others. And God, I pray that you will help us to do that. Help us individually and help us collectively as your church. And God, we pray for those who might be listening today who don't know you as Lord and Savior of their lives. And I pray that the message is clear, that there is salvation in no one else other than Jesus. And God, I pray that you'll just help us to continue to proclaim your word, not only on the radio, but in our daily lives. Be with us now. It's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We want to thank you for listening this morning. We're glad that you shared with us today. And we pray God's blessing upon you in the week ahead. Again, if there's a way that we can minister to you, please don't hesitate to get in contact with us. Our phone number is 217-379-4443. And our website, we have a contact page there, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. We hope you have a great week. We look forward 
uh, to sharing with you again next Sunday.